In the darkest depths of Spotify, you'd better keep a weary eye for signs of the Wicked Trio who host a truly wicked show. On this night they take their terrible form, so ready yourself for Chatterstorm! Oh my god. That was fantastic. That was wow. actually amazing. I was like, I was preparing myself, like, okay, just don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, let him do his thing. And it was amazing. We had to edit some, like, thunder and, and sounds over That's that. what I was thinking, like, some yeah. raven yeah. calls. And... Wait, when did, oh, when did was... you come up with that? <laughs> it, I, when I was when I was not talking. Oh, like literally now you came up yeah. with that from scratch. Yeah, that was brilliant. Oh, you have to do that for every episode in the future now. <laughs> we now <laughs> have to record an intro. God, that I literally I put my head into my top just in case I burst out laughing, like in hopes of <laughs> in hopes of like muffling it a little bit, and then I was like, shit, this was really good. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, well played, well played. <laughs> So happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, and uh, well, I guess first we have some apologizing to do um, and a few quick life updates and potential changes to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might sound like I have a bit of a cold. That is because I do. We didn't release an episode last week um, because we were just we were really struggled to get together Um and we uh, we were going to try to you know record late and and expedite the editing and still get out on time. We just weren't able to do it. We're really sorry, um, mm-hmm. and we'll try not to let that happen again. We're sorry for the. I mean, it caused a lot of outrage. Us not releasing <laughs> that episode. Oh um, yeah, world almost uh, stopped. It's been yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but we are back, and in. Uh, you know, to kind of compensate for the absence of an episode last week, we're releasing this episode early, so it will be out on the 31st, on time for Halloween, and we're going to have a particularly spooky theme. Spooky! spooky. Uh, <laughs> um, so, before we jump into it, follow us on Twitter, it's at ChatterStormPod. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out the blog, I still haven't made it, which <laughs> I said I would do like a month ago, but... <laughs> Any week now, it'll be done. Yep. Keep checking. Um, yeah, I think that's all of the plugs and all of the apologies out of the way. Well, so, I, I also need to apologise because I have not been on the episode for a, almost a oh, month this now. this is true. Um, yeah, so Sally's I'm back. just barely been on Chatterstorm, to be no, fair. No, yeah, I know. Um, again, similar sort of scheduling issues, life issues, just, just lots of lots of things going on, so... I am finally back for an episode and arguably one of the coolest episodes because it's Halloween and everyone loves yeah. Halloween mm-hmm. and we are right in the middle of the Innistrad sets which are spooky and yeah. very scary. And you're and really I would scary, imagine that was so planned, you know. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Coincidence. <laughs> yeah, um, well played. <laughs> so, first order of business, let's talk about spooky stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's what uh, that's that's what's most fun about this time of year. So I would like to tell you guys a story, a spooky story about a seemingly <laughs> innocent and fairly well-known Magic: The Gathering card. Ooh, okay. And that is the Black Blade, which actually, now that I say it, definitely sounds evil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but there, I I didn't think that it was 
inherently evil um, because this is Gideon Jura's weapon of choice uh, mm. in War like, of the Spark. He's like the the goodest guy. He's the he's the goodest boy. He's the he he's, a good um, boy. He's not well, second only to Mowu. Yeah. Also, he's not the or, goodest or a Johnny. boy. Mm. Uh. Yeah, Gideon is a top three good boy though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, onwards with the spooky story. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, the Black Blade is the weapon that Gideon brandishes against Nicol Bolas in Thor of the Spark. Um, he actually uh, does not, it's not effective against Bolas because at some point in the Black Blade's history, uh, Bolas enchanted it to be ineffective against Elder Dragons. Oh, um smart. So, yeah yeah i mean bolus this is his whole thing isn't it like it's seeing like planning ahead um but the black blade has killed bolus did that because the black blade had been used to kill elder dragons in the past um and it did kill i think bontu on war of oh. the spark god eternal bontu uh wait really or maybe maybe ronus one thought, of those two yeah i thought the god eternals died um not from... all of them. No, because the ones that did die would have died from the explosion of Nicol Bolas dying, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it was just Oketra and now that you now that I've said it, I think it is Bontu. It is Bontu, um, yeah. who who were killed alongside Nicol Bolas. Oh. Uh, I don't know how Kefnet died. Um uh, or maybe maybe I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure. But I think it was Ronus that was defeated. It was one of the two. Yeah. One of the reptilian ones. Um, and so I thought the Black Blade was, you know, a kind of fabled uh, weapon that, uh, but it actually has a very, very dark history. Do tell. So, um, so it starts with an evil planeswalker called Gaedrone Dihada, which you guys might remember was printed for the first time in Modern Horizons 2. So, I do not remember yeah. at all. I'll have to... Uh, it's one and Grixis, so the mana cost is one, blue, black, red. Protection from permanence with corruption counters on them, and then it has a few abilities that revolve around putting corruption counters on things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Gaedrone Dehada, and it goes right back uh, to very early days of magic, this story. Um, and another pivotal character is Dacon Blackblade, um, oh, which yeah. is another card that, yeah, is very popular. Um, uh, two white, blue, blue, black. Uh, and Dacon Blackblade's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. So it's a it's a it's a legendary creature, star star power and toughness, uh, and it gets power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. There is a Blackblade Reforge artifact as well, which, mm-hmm. uh, when attached to a creature, gives that creature plus X plus X, where X is the number of lands you control. So the Blackblade is an artifact that the more mana you have the more that it pretty much directly translates mana into uh, power and toughness mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's relevant to the story so bear that in mind um so i'll launch into it are you guys ready go ahead yeah ready okay gather around children and listen to the story of the black blade um, it's actually not going to be that dramatic. I'm just reading from the Wikipedia page. But <laughs> Gaedron Dehada <laughs> had given Dakon 10 years for the creation of the finest sword ever made. 
Dakon knew that for the task, his craft alone wouldn't be enough. He was a legendary blacksmith at the time. And he knew that he would need the magical power of sacrifice. At first, Dakon spilled his own blood in sacrifice to the forging of the sword. The blood was seared by the flames and grafted the power of Dakon himself into the making of the weapon. The sword, however, needed not only blood, but life itself. After two years of his given decade had passed, the work was not going well, and Dakon knew that more needed to be done. He called to his side his young son, Darren, and as he pulled the sword from the forge, he told his son to close his eyes. When the boy did so... Dakon plunged the white-hot metal into his own son's chest. The boy's blood, soul, and energy were drawn from him and pulled into the sword. Dakon held the sword before him and saw that this was only the beginning, since the work would require many, many more lives to succeed. In the following years, Dakon slew countless slaves, buying them from among the worst villains on Dominaria. Each one fed the sword with their blood, soul, and energy, making the sword ever stronger. After ten years had passed, when Gaedrone received the Black Blade, she found out that the sword was truly the most excellent weapon ever wrought by human hands. But the real weapon that she was seeking was the ultimate warrior, Dakon himself. Honed by years of work spent on the blade, and by the callous acts he performed in the decade before. After giving him the promised power, she stabbed Dakon's shadow on the ground, corrupted him, treacherously stealing his soul with the sword. In this way, she was sure that the warrior would follow her among the plains to exact his revenge, becoming in the meantime ever stronger until Gaedrone would need his services again. And so, Dakon Blackblade lives the rest of his life as a thrall to Gaedrone, having committed most heinous acts. And the Blackblade itself, a storied and incredibly powerful weapon, has a much darker history than many magic fans know. Oh, so is that, is that the end of that story? Wow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, I mean, no, that's fine. Oh, that's, um... Sammy, you made that sound so underwhelming. Oh. Well, no, oh, I wanted good. To... oh no. good it's fine <laughs> no because i wanted to know about how it ended up in gideon's hands um gideon found it oh <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> see that that's where the other is that it you know <laughs> uh, no, so, uh, okay well what, what actually happened there um was that uh i think the gatewatch found out about the black blade having been reforged so at some point it was destroyed Mm-hmm. because of its power um and i i actually think that um uh dakon uh is is he, dakon killed an elder dragon uh named piru um oh, yeah with the black blade yeah uh, uh piru was killed and elder dragons are incredibly powerful beings so this released a massive energy blast which uh i think destroyed the blade mm-hmm Later on, an indeterminate amount of time later, the Black Blade was reforged. Um, and uh, so Gideon 
teaming up with the Weatherlight crew were oh. in some kind of battle with the Cabal. Yeah. Um, uh, which was led by Belzenlock at the time, an Elder Demon. Yeah. Um, and in the Cabal's vaults was the like somehow and the the reforged Blackblade ended up in the Cabal's vaults. Gideon, uh, on that kind of in that particular adventure, got into the vaults, reclaimed the Blackblade, and used it to kill Bells and Lock, um, and, and everything else, pretty much. Yeah, uh, and so everything that the Blackblade kills it absorbs the power of and it gets more and more powerful that is uh, interesting yeah. yeah it was however broken again when gideon tried to attack nicole bolas with it because after piru's defeat nicole bolas at some point in the blade's history uh put a curse on it so that it could no longer damage an elder dragon so it kind of just oh. snapped like a fork so smart yeah against nikki b's big brain um <laughs> And that is the very spooky story of <laughs> the Black Blade. Ooh. That is pretty messed up. Like yeah, I is. like that. It's a, uh, it's kind of an untold backstory. I don't think a lot of people know about that. No. And uh, you know, we, we think of it as this cool, like, good weapon, good guy mm-hmm. weapon. But it's uh, it's pretty messed up. I'm pretty it's, sure uh... it knocks Gideon down uh, a rank or two on the good boy charts. So he's maybe top five now. And maybe he doesn't know. It's yeah, fine. he could not know. <laughs> maybe. maybe it's maybe. weird I, because there's that card uh, which is called Gideon Blackblade mm. which I think was the mythic Gideon in War of the Spark maybe. I actually have that in my folder yeah yeah really good card um, and because of that Gideon Blackblade and Dacon Blackblade um, I thought Dacon was Gideon's dad <laughs> oh, that would have um, been interesting but no, yeah, uh, but Dac- yeah. I thought maybe his surname was Blackblade, but actually Gideon's forename isn't even Gideon. Oh. What? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Gideon's like I don't know, like a taken name, a chosen name. But um, his his actual given name is Kithian. Okay, because I also have a Gideon card that's called Gideon Jura, which is a planeswalker. Is that his last yes. name? <laughs> okay. Yes, Gideon Jura is his surname. <laughs> but there's a card called Heartwarming Redemption, which pictures Gideon's death. Like it's a War of the Spark card. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it shows him. I think he's on Theros. Where's he from? I'm from not Gideon. sure. Oh, I don't but know. Uh, he, he's in the afterlife, uh, and he's died, and he's re uh, reconnected with his old company. So there's a card, Gideon's company. Um, which depicts them. They all died at some point, and when he finally dies, he reconnects with them. Uh, and the flavor mm. text references his given birth name, which is Kithian. So oh. yeah, loads of history, loads okay. of history to unpack. Cool. What a cool guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool dude. Yes, best card in the game, Gideon Sacrifice. Yeah, well, it's not really Gideon, is it? Uh, it's literally called Gideon Sacrifice. It's a Gideon card, okay. It's like, it's a sorcery. No, wait, it's an instant. It's an instant. Come on, Sammy. Well, it's just when you play it, it's always a sorcery. No, that would never, oh, that would, that would yeah. literally never make sense. I, I get, I get the Sarah doesn't always use instants on her turn thing however Gideon would be enti- Gideon's sacrifice would be entirely useless on my turn mm-hmm. yeah no it would yeah yeah 
Okay. That's funny. Well, okay. um, do you guys have any Halloween-y bits that you'd like to tell, or shall we move on to magic spoilers? Oh my god! Oh yes. Are you just well, the the songs now for for chat? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, mind it. I'm I'm on board with it. I'm a little bit ill. Uh, and so a little bit delirious, um, <laughs> and I've got I've started the day with songs, so I think I'm kind of in the mood. Fair. I mean that's fantastic. That's a great way for a podcast <laughs> to go. Um, on the topic of spookiness and Spooktober, um, obviously one of the the best ways to express kind of that that horror theme in Magic: The Gathering is the artwork. And uh, Sarah and I, I, I believe, we've both picked out a few cards that are quite creepy in artwork so feel free to look them up um but sarah do you want to go first with yours yes well i'm going to talk about brain maggot um mm-hmm. and we we spoke about it briefly before sammy and you don't find it scary so i'm just going to give no, everyone so... a couple of seconds to get it up so they can so, just so understand how absolutely ridiculous it is that you're not scared by that or you don't find so... it creepy <laughs> this is the thing like there is definitely a plethora of magic the gathering kinds of horror yes there's lots of different you know there's gore there's insects there's you know just whatever yeah whatever you could be freaked out by it's on a magic card yeah there's folklore horror there's gothic horror there's all kinds of things um i don't know like even though i have a huge fear of insects something about that brain maggot it's just like a i didn't even think about that you literally cry if there's a ladybird in the room but you would be fine having a brain come out (laughs) no 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 i'm Fine with ladybirds. I'm not until fine they with fly. a cluster of them. You said you were fine <laughs> until, until they, they fly. Until they fly as well, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I don't like bugs. But the thing is, with brain maggot, right, you kind of can't depict where like, where it is. Like, if you could see like in the brain, if it was like a person and their brain was like leaking maggots, that would be horrifying. But like this one, I think it was quite a pretty card. Like you've got the cascading kind of look to it. It's, it's sparkly because it's an enchantment. I quite like the card. I think it's quite a pleasant one. Wait, is there... I mean, I don't know how there could be nice art for Brain Maggot, but is there different types of art? Because the one I am looking at is a maggot coming out of a bloody ear. <laughs> I think it's actually going more into it. No, okay, that's, so it's no, that's its face. Like that's its face at the front. I don't think maggots have faces. It's literally got teeth. Let's not do the whole Reve arc or whatever thing again. Hold on. <laughs> Send a picture in the Discord of the one that you're looking at, Sarah. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm looking at the the enchantment. So I'm looking at yeah, the one from I'm the old Theros set. Journey, the... Journey to Nyx version of the card. There is the same reprinted artwork on in the newest Theros set as well from Theros, the last Theros set we had. This was reprinted in that set as well. Um, oh, which set are you looking at? Oh, Sarah's looking at the Magic Online promos. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. You? I hadn't. Well, I hadn't heard of Brain Maggot in preparation for this episode googled creepy cards the one you're looking at is definitely creepier sarah yeah sarah where did you post it i can't see it oh i haven't i haven't posted it um i was literally if you're looking on skyfall you can look just hover over no i've I've posted i've posted it now but i was about to and then josh found it as at the point i was going to post it but yeah this is it yeah that's one i was looking at i I, I still can't see it oh it's in chatterstorm oh in the in the, the whatsapp chat no in the discord where you told me to put it idiot oh I can't see it in there. No, it's not in there. Idiot. You're lying. You're full full of shit again. It's literally in there. Also, are you sure you guys want how horrible you actually are to me recording on the podcast? (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, it's there. I can see it under. under... It's not. I it's, it's definitely it's not, not I can't there. See it. Fine. I'm going to screenshot the whole chat and I'm going to put that in the WhatsApp group, and then you can see <laughs> that it's there. Under... Oh my god, guys, guys, look. God, okay. Now go to WhatsApp, and you can see the whole chat. You can see where I've sent Sarah, it. Sarah, you haven't then... sent it. Press I... the send button. Press send. <laughs> it's that's not sent. That's not sent. I pressed the send your... button. Message. You have just sent us a screenshot of an unsent message. No, that's sent. <laughs> that's not Sarah. If it was sent, it would have your name, your Discord name, and your avatar, Wait. like Josh's message. Wait, let me... No, you press, press it. Press the blue send button. That's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. It's That's still not sent through, by confusing. the way. very confusing. Okay, well, I have sent it now. Even though I definitely <laughs> had before. Yes. It's still not come through. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was horrifying. Holy crap. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. See, that one is gross. I All agree. Right. The one that I was looking at is a lot prettier because it's like a cascading kind of... Let me see if I can... Wait, so what were you that. looking at? I mean, I can't Hold understand on. how a brain... A maggot in a brain can be pretty. Look, because this one's slightly pretty. Let me let me save it. Hold on. Hold on. Um, and I'll just send this over. Oh, this takes so long. I get what Sam means. On the uh, Journey into Nyx version of the card. There you go, that one's uh, Sarah. Because, because it's a spiral, and because enchantment cards uh, on Theros often have that kind of starry in, uh, constellation kind of mm-hmm. uh, element to them, it does look a little bit like uh, a constellation or a, a galaxy, which is a, quite a pretty... Like, yeah. I reckon that I reckon that a spiral galaxy was probably part of the inspiration for this particular um but it is still like, cool artwork. like if you cover up brain maggot and you just looked at the picture yeah maybe kind of pretty it says brain maggot so you know what it is yes but you know nah it's fine and that's what okay, that is that we... is also an ear by the way yeah it is it is an ear but it's less i mean it's definitely you know, it's less terrifying. A, yeah it's a lot less terrifying than the one i was looking at so i forgive yeah, you yours is slightly vile. yeah <laughs> that's oh why when God. you were like oh yeah but it's just an ear i'm like yeah with a bloody horrible ear oh that and one. it's like <laughs> stitched stuff as well it's nasty okay okay yeah that that's pretty gross so if and you're looking this up there is, is a, a couple face. different artworks of it by the way that is a face sammy can you confirm whether you think that's a face oh that's definitely gotta be a face yeah thank you yeah okay okay i'll, I'll give yeah. you that one that's fine the one that i wanted to so yeah because because we were talking earlier about how we have kind of different things that jar us in magic the gathering and, and mm-hmm. different creepy things um because there is as there is, there is a, a a range of horrors in in magic the gathering and one that i find freaky that the freakiest to me is a card called death mark uh, if you go ahead and look that up, viewers, Deathmark, it is, it's a, it's an eyeball, and anything to do with eyeballs really, really disturb me. I don't know why. And the more I look at this picture, the more I get disturbed because I've just realised something as well. That eyeball is upside down as well, so it's actually dripping to the top of their eye. Because if you look at the uh, the artwork, the eyebrow is on the bottom, and the inside of their eye on the left there, that would be sort of towards their nose. So. They they must be like hanging upside down or something, and that's dripping 
out of their eyeball. Like, it's really, really jarring. And this one, this one, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I'm a fan of it. It's fantastic artwork. Like, you can see the black mana symbol in the iris as well, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, anything sort of liquid coming out of eyes or blood coming hmm. out of eyes is, ugh, that, that stuff gets me. Um, but maggots yeah, and ears, let's... no problem. Okay, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty gross. But in terms of like jarring artwork, like a maggot and maggots and ears, like as in terms of artwork, I feel like there's just it's just gross and gory, and that doesn't sort of affect you as much because it's kind of just like a, it's kind of just like a like a camera shot, right? Whereas this is like you know this is straight up artwork of, of like a close. I don't know. I guess you could say the same thing, but yeah, this one's a bit more artistic, I think, and that that kind <laughs> of jars me more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in that sense, so it's it's interesting. There so is one of the alternate printings of this card is uh, is from Cold Snap, the Cold Snap set, which is and it's a snowflake, uh, which mm. is like really quite contrastingly different. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look at I the flavor text as well. Probably um, the version I would get if I were to play this card. Here we go. So the flavor text of Deathmark is: There are few ways to escape the Deathmark. Bargaining with a demon washing in the fabled waters of youth and of course death interesting <laughs> so death mark is yeah. kind of like uh, the black spot from parts of the caribbean mm. you know yeah <laughs> and which set is it from can we tell you know i can't uh, tell from that symbol no modern masters yeah so it's actually you know modern masters and then magic 2010 12 oh. 11 10th edition so it doesn't look like it was ever printed in a story set no which is interesting that's pretty cool yeah that was just kind of cool. of their own intuition yeah so oh, Josh, i can see I... you sent a card as well yes so i being the classic overachiever that i am have oh, two cards um... uh to be fair <laughs> you didn't you don't know that we only have one card i could have 13. i have 30 <laughs> i have 13 there you go okay fair <laughs> Fair enough. Underachiever um, with two cards. Yeah, who do you even think you are? I spent all that time writing that lame song. Hey, I sang a song at the start of this episode. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and it was it. I, I... Respect where it's due, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your card, Josh? Um, so, top one. Uh, well, first one, even Thought Scour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really good card. I play it in a, in a lot of decks in Pauper and in Commander decks too because it's solid. Artwork tilts me every time. That's pretty um, nasty, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a, a, a human, and there's like a hand holding it down. It's got black stuff dribbling from its eyes. It's being drilled in like three different spots, and it's screaming. And you can see like the like sores around its mouth, and it's just horrible. Mm. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just so grim, uh, the... and and you know, yeah like thought scour is su- such aggressive like aggressive connotations of the word as well scouring your thoughts mm-hmm. um the uh flavor text uh i think adds to it as well yeah it's just as it reads, disturbing yeah um so it's a quote by stitcher Geralf, who is uh who recently got a printing right mm-hmm. i um, think in, maybe yeah in uh, in midnight hunt yeah um, one of the two oh no yeah. i'm thinking of gerard Jared? I think Geralt no. has a card in Geralt. in in Vow as well. In ah, oh, crud, I've forgotten. But it says, as you inject the viscous vitae into the brainstem, 
Don't let the spastic moaning bother you. It will soon become music to your ears. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, Does creepy. Does not sound like mm. a fun guy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, if anybody's wondering, that is what I would consider a red flag. Hmm. <laughs> um, um, you are right. Geroff does have a card in Crimson Vow, so oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, he just yeah. It's actually a very very good card as well. I think I like it. Um, Neat. Well, we'll loop back to that when uh-huh. we talk about spoilers. Because um, my second card that I find very creepy, but also just really fascinating, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, is Crumbling Necropolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is the it is a tri land. It taps for Grixis colors, uh, black, blue, and red. Uh, enters tapped and uh, the artwork depicts the uh, city of Sedraxis, uh the ruins of Sedraxis even which w- is what remains of the once shining capital in Vithia um, and what you can see on the card is just it's just a lot it looks a bit like a dark soul setting but there's like a creepy spiky building that's weeping blood and there's a dead person or maybe that's just a knocked over statue but then there's a very very like there's like a skull on a spike and there Mm -hmm. is a a hanging half a hanging body that's been hooked by the through the back of the head just hanging in the foreground um and it's just so creepy like it's it's so creepy and really really fascinating as well like it, it's the kind of picture that makes me want to know what happened what happened to sadraxis that turned it from uh, a shining capital into these kind of yeah. creepy cannibal infested ruins gross it's pretty cool though yeah i, I like crumbling necropolis i think it's a cool cool card cool it artwork. is dope yeah yeah i want I, I, if i were to ever you know, run a D&D campaign again, I would love to make this one of the destinations. Oh, okay. Mm, Interesting. That'd be cool. Right, I'd take inspiration from this card for the lore. So yeah, those are my two. Uh, what about you, Sarah? What's your... Oh, wait, no, you said yours. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Sam that hasn't done his? We've no, all done No, he's done his too. We've both done <laughs> Yeah. You just so like, we can, you just we can, assume uh... that you always go first with everything, but you're actually you're actually last this one because this was mine and Sammy's thing. You just kind of jumped yeah. on at the end. I do have one. Last place. I do have one more though that I want to talk about, which okay, I'm, yeah, I've just about to put in the chat called sensory deprivation. Oh, I think I've seen this one. Yeah. Oh God. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Grim. Yeah. Lovely that stuff. is a very mechanical way to deprive someone of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to look this one up. It's yeah. um, it's pretty nasty. It is, and the um, flavor text is is creepy as well. Oh yeah, do you want to read that out? Yeah, they call it Stitcher's Anesthesia, as a spell to deaden the senses while the mad doctors begin their grisly work. I would be pretty upset if that's how they gave anaesthetic to us. Yeah, what a con! Yeah. What a con! Like, oh yeah, I know, I know this stitches magic to, uh, to you know, dead in the senses, and then he just like staples your mouth together. Yeah, it's, it's the eyes, like oh. no. Oh. oh yeah, and it's the fact that like one is stitched one shut is and the sh- other one's yeah. slightly open. That's kind of freakier as well. It's like they're trying to rip it open. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This one's good. That's a good one. Well it's picked. It's the pulling for me. Like you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. That that the eyes and mouth are trying open, to yeah. be pulled open. 
Oh, man. Nasty stuff. There you go. Lovely. Happy <laughs> Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, um... And it's artwork like this that makes it really interesting to me that magic wizards are not allowed to depict alcohol on cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah because kinda... that would be inappropriate for children. <laughs> it would be, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so I guess it's time to move on um, onto the Crimson Vow spoilers. Yeah. So, yes. for those that aren't aware, the next Magic the Gathering set to come out is part of the joint set with Innistrad Midnight Hunt, and mm-hmm. this will be Innistrad Crimson Vow. Um, I'm really, really excited for this one because, first of all, I have a Vampire's Commander deck, which I'm so excited to upgrade. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, really. Garbage. It's a bit bad, yeah. Well, it's not even that it's bad. It's just not very thematic and not very focused. It is just spew out vampires and attack. Uh, I want it to be a bit more focused, so hopefully we'll see that. And yeah, the, uh, what I'm most excited for about this set is the... I love the theme of it so far. The the whole wedding theme, I think they've really pulled that off. Like a completely insane, crazy vampire kind of yeah. culture wedding. Like, you know, everything seems so ridiculous and over the top. Like, I, th- I think there's a card that depicts, the flavor tech depicts something like, if you weren't invited, you just get straight up murdered. And it's like, <laughs> Olivia was very explicit on the rules of her invitations or something like that. <laughs> and I think there's just like a, a, there's a bit of a madness about the set, which I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, so I guess we can start with uh, the, the, main, the main gal herself, Olivia. Yeah. Um, Olivia will be the face of the set, I'm assuming, because uh, she is the one getting married. Yeah, she's the um, bride. We still don't know who she's getting married to, right? Isn't it Soren's dad? We do. She's getting married to Edgar. What? Really? Yeah, Soren's She's getting dad. married to Edgar Markov, yeah. Oh, that seems weird. Where have you been, Sam? Well, the Soren mythic uh, in the set is Soren the Mirthless. Yeah. Um, and that's why he's mirthless, because Olivia is marrying his dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a new stepmom. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, um, isn't Edgar dead? Well, they're all dead, no. aren't, aren't they? All dead. Well, yeah, they're all immortal vampires. Yeah, that's true. So he must have been awake. Oh, yeah, there's a card depicting him being awakened. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, let me see if I can just find that in English. Um... Well, hold on. Yeah, um, it's a uh, fateful absence. Yeah. No, Fateful Absence no. is him missing, yeah. Oh, wait, no, that was Soren's grandfather. Yes, that was. That was missing. Edgar there's, is Soren's dad. There's a card that was depicting his, uh, or, or I think someone like pouring something on Edgar's grave or his, his body or something. Where is it? Are they going to, uh, what's that film where, is it Weekend at Bernie's? Oh, where they, like, where they dress up the, I think, the dead body? I think so. I've not seen it, but I, I do Are they going to Weekend at Bernie's? Edgar for oh, the wedding. Oh, that's see. I've only heard of the "How I Met Your Mother" reference where it's weekend at Barney's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know that freaking, was a natural freaking thing. Zuma. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was a natural thing. Oh God! <laughs> and I was like, "Why are you saying Barney's wrong? Why is Barney?" <laughs> oh, Sammy. So do you think they're gonna like prop up Edgar for the ceremony? Well, that would be pretty cool if they get the sunglasses like and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the obviously the face of the set is Olivia Crimson Bride, um, the newest Olivia card, and I'm definitely going to pick her up for the Vampires Commander deck I have because I have Olivia at the helm of that anyway, the old one, um, and this one looks way better as the Commander. She's six mana. She costs four black red. 
She is a legendary vampire noble. She's 3-4, uh, power of toughness, and she has flying and haste, which is really good. Mm -hmm. uh, when she attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains when you don't control a legendary vampire, exile this creature. So, okay. really powerful commander because you can now you can start playing with a the theme of sort of self-mill, putting strong vampires into the graveyard, mm -hmm. or strong creatures, in fact, and strong reanimating them. Yeah. Reanimating them with a hasty six mana commander, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, and you can add redundancy mm -hmm. um, by, like, if Olivia gets destroyed, as long as you have a legendary vampire, yeah. which can be a Sorin Planeswalker, it can be another Olivia, um, it can be an Eggamarco. A Planeswalker, is, planeswalker is, doesn't yes, count as a vampire. That's just yeah. a Planeswalker, right? Their, their Planeswalker type is Sorin. So it's like a legendary planeswalker. Oh yeah, Sauron. yeah, you're right. He is. He is. He, he's yeah, a Sauron. Right. He is a vampire, but he's a Sauron. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can take that further, Josh. If you do reanimate a legendary vampire, I have looked into this. Um, that will count for itself as a state-based kind of Damn, thing. Yeah, that's so good. any legendary vampires reanimate will just forever be reanimated. Yeah. But they do get exiled when they. Uh... Oh no, they don't get exiled, so they will just die. Yeah. No, that's pretty good. Um, so maybe we'll just run Legendary Vampire Tribal. Who knows? I mean, that would be pretty It's just cool. much better card advantage than yeah. the current printings of Olivia uh, give you as a commander. It yeah. is expensive. Six mana. Six mana, um, but... And red, red, black, which means your ramp is probably going to... Ramp is probably going to come from, like, treasures most commonly. So that's the thing. Yeah, you could run treasures, but you could also just run... If you're running vampires, you do kind of have a low aggressive kind of curve anyway. So... We'll see what we do with it. Um, we could even, because it is uh, a graveyard-based commander, could even start running Madness um, yeah. or incorporating Madness into it, which I think would be yeah. a lot more fun. That is so I think like that's madness. Yeah, I think that's the direction I want to go, is, is the Madness direction and discard in your own hand to play your spells. So, hmm. yeah, that's that looks cool. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Are um, you disappointed at all the... that it's not got white in it? Because that's what you... I think probably the last episode of yeah. this you were so, on, you said you thought she might be black red white right i thought she would because she's marrying edgar who is normally black red white yeah. he has a card in black red white but i'm also kind of happy because <laughs> the deck i have is already black red and i'm like yeah, okay, you'd, have buy, have buy, yeah you'd have to buy buy a cards. whole nother color yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so no i'm actually fine with that she's in black red and if the edgar markov card if there is an edgar markov card is any better um, that's true and you know just go with that instead although maybe yeah. not. i, I kind of like olivia she's really cool yeah olivia um, is cool i guess just i'm actually guy. i'm kind of inclined to uh believe that there won't be an edgar markov card i i think there might be i think you might be right josh because it would kind of be the face of the set right because you know olivia's marrying him it would be, and um, one of the things that they're doing with this set is just like they did with Godzilla on Ikoria, where there was an IP crossover. Mm -hmm. Some cards had kind of reskins mm -hmm. um, as characters from a different IP. Um, they're doing the same with this set with the Dracula novelle. Mm -hmm. Novelle. Uh, I was going to say novella, but then it's not a novella; it's a novel, and I end up saying novelle. <laughs> novelle. <laughs> um uh and the, yeah and the sort of the van helsing universe mm. um yeah so like for example olivia crimson bride uh is getting a reskin and the, the reskin version what's it called what, what do we actually call these do we call them reskins um 
alt Alt, alternate the alt the alt is called sisters of the undead um uh thalia guardian of the thraben which is a very key reprint in the set is being that yeah, yeah, is Bri being so the altar is, is Mina Harker, uh, whose character in, in in the Dracula novel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Count Dracula alt is um, it, it's an alt version of Sorin the Mirthless, mm. um, and and you would think that if Edgar was going to be printed, he would be in, Dracula. Yeah, yeah, because in the Van Helsing universe, in Dracula, um, Sisters of the Undead, which is the alt for Olivia, I believe are all wives of Dracula. Ah. so it yeah it kind of uh, it makes me think that that isn't I'm, in fact i think that's the i think that's the case i might be wrong it's been a while since i've watched van helsing yeah um but uh, yeah it makes me think that there isn't going to be uh an edgar markov no. creature why which would be they, interesting why didn't um, they just make her <clears throat> marry sorin Sorry? Why didn't they just make her marry Sorin instead? Wouldn't that make so much maybe more sense? Maybe Olivia didn't want to do that, or maybe Sorin didn't want to do that. Yeah, I would think that um, <laughs> they they have more they have a more interesting story lined up for Sorin. Well, the the idea for Olivia think. marrying Edgar or her plan, uh, as as documented by the cards from obviously Midnight Hunt and this, is to unite the vampire bloodlines. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that's all she cares about, which is which is interesting. Um, also, Olivia and Sorin are not friends because no, when yeah. Chandra, when Chandra was on Innistrad, sorry, not Chandra, uh, Nahiri, Nahiri, when Nahiri yeah. was on Innistrad, um, and she, uh, uh, she did the declaration in stone and destroyed Sorin's house, crashed his house. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she faced off with Olivia when she got there, and Olivia intentionally let her go, citing that her her feud with Sorin was not a feud with Olivia. Uh, and so, Olivia is kind of possible. It's po- Sorin could blame Olivia for letting Nahiri do what she did. Mm. So I don't think they're friends. No. Um, Sarah, I figured you should read out the Sorin card because you have a you've had a bit of history with Sorin. My first deck was the yeah. Sorin Black Planeswalker deck from. Um, yeah, so. M20? What do you think of this Sorin card? If you want to read it out and then. Sure, make yeah. me read the one with all the text. Yep. Okay. So, Sorin the Mirthless costs two black, black. Legendary Planeswalker Sorin comes in on four. Uh, it's plus one, is look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card and put it into your hand. If you do, you lose life equal to its mana value. Minus two, it's created two, three black vampire creature token with flying and lifelink. And minus seven, Sorin the Metalist does 13 damage to any target. You gain 13 life. I think this is a good card. I think this is like the the pattern that we've seen wizards do time and again mm-hmm. for a good planeswalker. That's not too strong, but is still very strong and isn't too weak. Um, where the it comes down on a reasonable, like four is good yeah. for four mana um the plus one gives you card advantage the plus uh, the minus two either kill something or makes a creature which can defend the planeswalker um that recipe seems to be what makes a powerful planeswalker and even the ultimate on this thing um is not game ending that seems to be the mold for planeswalkers that wizards are trying to go for nowadays yeah. like you see the same thing with lolf like it's exactly the same uh one card advantage one defend lolf yeah. um similar thing with ren uh, and seven as well the uptick is card advantage the downtick 
makes a tree folk which can defend and like this is the recipe that seems to work well for planeswalkers yeah um, well this is so the thing like this is kind of why i don't like the card particularly because there it is it is a recipe and they haven't really at all changed from it recently like they've not tried to be sort of creative with the planeswalkers um you know like obviously we had what happened when they when they got creative yeah we, <laughs> so... we, we do remember what happened of course but like that kind of it's kind of one of those things where now they've nerfed them so much that they kind of just suck now. Like Ren and Seven's only good because of the combo with it with Asika's Chariot. Um, Soren, this Planeswalker, I don't think will see much play at all um, in terms of standard play. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I think they could just spice it up a little bit more. Maybe, um, maybe Soren could have been. Uh, what what could he have done? In the, I mean, similar to the the three mana Sorin, that one's just infinitely better, of course. Um, yeah, but that was that one was also like a, when it was in standard, that was a tier one deck, so maybe that was a bit broken. Who knows? But and that's also that's a that's a tribal planeswalker, and, and tribal is a big limitation. The the three mana yeah. Sorin, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, Imperious it was only Blood really. Yes, that's it. It was only synergistic with vampire-based strategies. Soren the Mirthless does not need to be in a vampire deck. You're right, However, yeah. the question is, would you rather play this at four mana or play Lolth or Liliana, or sorry, Professor Onyx, uh, who's Liliana? Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at five mana, because Liliana oh, Professor gives Onyx is you... Six. Isn't it? Oh, six. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Professor Onyx gives you the static ability as well, the Magecraft ability, where if you play an instant or sorcery, you gain two life, your opponent loses two. And that is an excellent finisher. Uh, and Lolth, her downtick gives you two creatures. Whereas, yes. uh, so so that's that's going to be the question. Is well, a yeah. four-mana Planeswalker with one creature better than a five-mana Planeswalker that gives you two? Well, I don't think you need to choose one or the other. I think you play both. Um I think that the place that this yeah. this card will have in this deck, you know, f- because it has a similar recipe as the others, is going to be that Orzov kind of mid range deck where you're playing things like Eye Twitch to to stall out the early game, and then you slam down one of these Planeswalkers to take over the late game. I yeah. think Soren will fit quite nicely in that deck, so that's where I'm going to see. I, th- I think it's going to see play. However, uh, in terms of the meta game, I think we have one of the we mentioned this earlier. One of the, I think, one of the best reprints of all time, um, for or completely format changing reprints, and that's Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Um, this, yeah. I was so happy to see this reprinted. I was, I knew obviously Thalia was coming, but we didn't know what they were going to do with the card, and just the fact that they've reprinted it from the old, from the old one, it just makes me so happy. So, what this card is is a Thalia, God of Thraben. She's a legendary creature, human soldier. She costs two mana, one in a white, for a 2-1 with first strike. And she reads, non-creature spells cost one more to cast. Absolutely amazing ability. Um, yeah. For those who aren't, un- for those who are sort of underwhelmed by that, because it's not a lot of text. Um, this is just so good against control decks, against mid-range decks. This is going to be the mono-white aggro card. Um, mm-hmm potentially a four of it's 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 always a struggle running four legendary creatures in a deck but i think you can get away with running four of these you kind of just always want them um because what they will do is they will stall the game they'll stall your opponent that they'll be taxing your opponent that one mana every turn it's just going to let you 
take over as fast as possible. So I think there is a you know there's a huge market for Thalia. Save your wild cards for her because she's gonna she's gonna bump that mono white list to to the top. I think. So I don't think that it's a four of simply because it's legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do not in your mono white decks you don't want to have a creature in hand that you can't cast. Um, yeah. I, you like it's obvious why this is so good in control matchups mm-hmm. um it's also good in creature matchups because a 2-1 with first strike is an yeah. excellent attacker and blocker yeah mm-hmm. especially being able to put counters on it with your luminarch aspirants or code spell clerics or uh, like yeah. yeah it's a really good target to um to 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 pile on counters uh yeah so i, I do think yeah this is this is really solid this is do you also think like that, a... um, Sorry, what do you think it replaces in the in the standard lists, Sam? When, um, in the two-drop slot in mono-white decks, what do you think this replaces? Um, I'm not too familiar with the mono-white deck currently, but I know all I do know all I do know is that this and Luminarch Aspirant is all you're going to need for the two-drop slot. Um, those eight cards in the two-drop slot, or maybe even seven to be fair. But um, the I'm not sure what it replaces exactly. I, 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 yeah, as I mentioned, I think this just goes in no matter what. Um, but the the biggest the biggest like sort of thing with this card is, I think in the last episode we spoke or the last episode I was in we spoke about what could be an answer to Aaron's epiphany. This is hit right here. This is this is a solid answer to the epiphany decks. Um, it just makes life so much harder for is it spell decks right um, with this card, and I think this will you know this will just make that matchup so much easier. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's cool to see this card be reprinted, and I'm very excited to see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, if Thalia becomes a like a major meta prominent card, mm-hmm. then actually maybe we will see four ofs of it because it'll be a prime removal target, mm-hmm. uh, and you really do want that second copy when your first one gets removed, which it probably yeah. will every time because it is fragile at at one toughness because even thinking um, about like uh what is it paladin class that's the one mana taxes your opponent's spells on your turn so if you follow that up with thalia they're forced to use their removal either a turn later or on their turn <clears throat> and that that kind of ruins the whole aspect of playing a tempo deck like the is it deck because you're doing yeah. it all on your turn you're doing it extra mana like and then the, the next turn the mono white person slams down all their creatures and you're fully tapped out and it just life's just gonna suck for the is it guys <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah i'm really excited for this other things of note from this set um more disturb cards which we first saw in midnight hunt mm-hmm. the mechanic is making a return um in crimson Vow. we are getting the ally colors of the slow lands the tango lands um, yeah the the, t- the tango lands it takes two to tango yep uh so that's death cap glade dream root cascade storm carved coast and sundown pass and shattered um, sanctum yep forgot that one and <laughs> shattered sanctum um yeah so those are coming in uh we're seeing a few new mechanics i'm really liking the look of cleave um yes. which is a mechanic yeah. which will it so if you if you pay the cleave cost of a card you can remove words from its ability which usually makes it do something slightly different yeah um it's kind so of similar to example, like overload right where you remove yeah remove is, words yeah. from that yeah so for example we've got dig up which is one green for a sorcery that reads search your library for a basic land card reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle uh if you pay the cleave cost which is one black black green so four mana then it would become search your library for a card 
put it into your hand, then shuffle. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, this is this is a really good ability, I think. At first, it's clever and unique and thematic, and I think that this is just very very good game design. Yeah. Uh, and second, cards which give you flexibility, which effectively do two things with one card, are always really good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to see that here with Cleave. You know, if you have the option to use something as a conditional kill spell or a board wipe, or you have, you know, with Dig Up, you have, uh, like, mana fixing or, uh, or a tutor, um, th that's, it's always powerful. You know, adventure spells, um, uh, the, uh, like, dual-faced cards from Kaldheim, cards that have multiple modes are really good. Yeah. They just give you that, that, like it's it's not quite card advantage but they give you so much flexibility um and they stop you from you know drawing dead cards in the late game or having an unplayable card at the start of the game and and i think they're going to be super relevant yeah uh, and i think it's a cool mechanic i think it's really cool as well i'm excited to see um I'm, i still don't fully understand the what what cleave is and how that fits into what its ability does it doesn't make too much sense to me i don't know if either you, of you so you cut off some of the uh, ability you cleave some of it away right okay i don't know i just feel like that's an unusual incorporation of like wordplay i don't know is uh, i don't know i don't know how i feel about cleave as the name but uh, it's, it's a really cool like mechanic um and the other new mechanic that we're seeing in the set as well is i'm really i really like this one it's training uh, training reads, whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. And the reason that's really awesome is because it's the stark kind of opposite of a previous keyword, which we're familiar with, which is mentor. So you have training and mentor. Um, mentor lets you put counters on them if it attacks with a creature with lesser power. Uh, and this yeah. one's with greater power. So it's, it's an interesting little uh, back and forth there. And yeah, I, I like I like that uh, that's being imprinted as well. We've got some daybound, nightbound werewolves and daybound, nightbound cards as well in this set. So it's cool to see that being revisited, um, really gluing the two two sets together. Um, was there any other cards you guys wanted to sort of go over today? Because there is quite a few. There is, yeah. So I, I don't think we can really go over all of the cards, but touching on you know the major cornerstones of the set mm -hmm. i think is uh is what i like i think that's all we really have time for i do think that i'd like to point out one more card mm -hmm. um because we're t we've been talking about mono white a little bit with the reprint of thalia yeah. uh, we're also seeing cemetery protector yes being yeah. printed which is two white white for a three four human soldier with flash and it reads when cemetery protector enters the battlefield exile a card from a graveyard Whenever you play a land or cast a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, create a 1-1 white human creature token. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a really good top end for white-based decks and creature-based decks. Um, in like green-white coven, it's pretty much two points for coven. Um, and it, like, it goes so wide by itself. It synergizes really well mm -hmm. with the mythic Sagada for a midnight hunt uh in the mono white deck it's a really good top end uh to kind of give you that reach you know after a couple of board wipes you play cemetery protector and then every land you draw is a one one um mm -hmm. and that is the kind of reach that those white decks need so i do think that if you have a bunch of wild cards and you're wondering where to place your bets um in crimson vow i it looks like mono white is yeah. just getting 
like we haven't seen the rest of the set yet, but it looks like Mono White is just getting the nuts. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what's going to be able to answer Thalia that well because answers to Thalia are still going to be taxed by one, and that is just so important. Mm-hmm. Um, Spikefield Hazard is obviously one of the best ways to do that in in the set that I can imagine of so far, which is a one mana and or it's a land. Uh, mm-hmm. and it deals one damage and exiles that creature. That seems like the best answer to Thalia so far, uh, given that she has one toughness. But yeah, like I, I'm really excited to see how even better Mono White Aggro is going to be. Um, it, I think it's going to push it over Mono Green Aggro, which is seemingly the best aggro deck in Standard so far. Um, mm-hmm. Haven't seen a lot of Mono Green things in this set so far. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um yeah, really interesting stuff. I'm really excited. I guess we'll cover more of the spoilers next week while there's going to be a ton more out uh, and we can yeah. sort of evaluate it a little bit more uh, compared to the rest exactly, of the set. Exactly, yeah. Each <clears throat> episode until the release of the set, we will be covering the new spoilers that have really caught our eye and we think make the best talking points. Yeah. Um, there are tons of spoilers there and we aren't going to go over every single one unless you guys would like us to. Then we'll do it. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've tried that before and it was pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, but we could try it again. Um, and I think that with that, we're probably close to needing to wrap up. Is there anything anybody else would like to talk about before we do? Um, I don't think so. Sarah? No, nothing from me. Well, I do. Hmm. So <laughs> buckle back in. Um, one thing that I, I would be very surprised if we didn't see by the end of this set and which i'm really looking forward to is a van helsing card um, okay and i think and this is my bet this is me oh oh wait i found it yeah i was just i was <laughs> i was keeping quiet because <laughs> i was like i thought i saw one and i'm there just is a van helsing down. card yeah yeah, yeah Ab- uh, it's, so, well, there's an there's an abraham van helsing yeah. card but that's that's oh. not um that's not the main character from van helsing is it i couldn't tell you to be honest I don't think so. There's also Doctor John me. Seward. I don't know who either of these. I haven't been, I haven't paid attention to that at all. So, so Abraham Van Helsing uh, is the main character uh, who oh. defeats Dracula in the Dracula books, um, and in the movie, he does this because at some point in the story he gets bitten by a werewolf, oh. and so he surprise transforms into a werewolf and has this big fat battle with Dracula. Spoiler end. alert! Uh, because werewolves. <laughs> Spoiler alert for that very old movie. Yeah. Um. So I was actually hoping. A part of me was hoping that Abraham Van Helsing, uh, would be printed as an alt for a really good werewolf. That would card. have been really cool. Yeah, yeah. they missed a trick there. There is there is um, one but... really good werewolf that I've just found as well, which I'm very excited to pick up. Um, it's oh, a yeah, myth- it's that? a mythic rare. Um. Let me just find it again. It's called Volatile Arsonist. Um, it's a mythic rare menace taste five mana in three red red four four vampire. Uh, sorry, four four human werewolf. When it attacks, it deals one damage to each of up to one to each of up to one target creature, one target player, and or one planeswalker. It's quite long. Yeah, so. it is. Um, <laughs> and then the flip side is effectively the same, but it's a five five, but it deals two damage to up to one creature, one player, and one planeswalker. I think that's yeah. fantastic. And this card's really important as well because it uh, heralds the return of Daybound Nightbound. Yep. Yes. So we are getting more Daybound Nightbound cards. We are getting more uh, Disturb cards. And so it, th- this is great. Like it really feels like Crimson Vow is a 
um, you know, a, 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 a continuation yeah. of Midnight Hunt, um, which I really like this kind of uh, arc based set releases mm-hmm. where one one set builds on another i i like that idea i think i would like to see woods do more of those because i do feel like some sets are just over with so quickly yeah like yeah. if we had like you know when they do those blocks of three um for sets that's a whole nine months where you're on that plane i think that's just so much cooler because you just mm. get really really rich into the story uh, and yeah, innistrad is the perfect to... one for like getting rich into the story because there's just so much behind innistrad so yeah there's so much to all the sets and we just mm-hmm. don't get to explore a lot of them. Like our mm-hmm. visits to Eldraine and Kaldheim just felt so brief. Um, Kaldheim had its own, if you'll recall, its own color pairs, yeah. um, which just nobody even remembers. But there were 10, there were the 10 different sort of realms of Kaldheim. Yeah. Um, and this is like, you had like the realm of, of Karfel uh, and uh, and Istfel. And, and all of that was just, caught up and mm-hmm. glossed over because it just was over so quickly so yeah yeah more time spent on a plane yeah makes for a, a, a more meaningful experience i yeah. think uh, i'm definitely enjoying it so yeah that's yeah it's been great within a stride and uh it'll be it'll be over soon unfortunately be looking at the mm. next set what's coming next kamigawa <laughs> Um, I yeah, know, I think it's Kamigawa and then Streets of New Capenna, I believe. Okay, um, yeah. So Neon Dynasty is just around the corner. That really felt like it was quite a ways off, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. When we first heard about <laughs> Next it. one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Ready for Christmas. I think that should not about. Oh, uh, isn't it next Christmas. year? There's not another yeah, one this year, is there? Christmas. No, no, no. Good. <laughs> I'm not doing another one. Right um yeah so let's wrap it up there mm-hmm. thank you for joining us for this extra spooky episode mm-hmm. of chatterstorm i hope everybody has a great halloween tweet us your halloween costumes we would love to see them um i don't think any of us are dressing up so... uh sam literally said at the beginning of this that his facial yeah. hair is different because he's dressing up you just don't listen i don't listen to the preamble <laughs> <laughs> i just I, I was busy writing a song literally <laughs> recorded <laughs> <laughs> oh well see yeah, sammy's oh. dressing as freddie mercury yep i am yeah because his name is um, and we will tweet that we'll tweet that that costume yeah. from the chatterstorm twitter so follow us at chatterstorm pod to see that <laughs> and tweet us your halloween costumes that, we'd love to that see sounded it. like a question sammy you're like we will Will we? Yeah. Well, did okay. Yeah. Let's do that. That's fine. Yeah. We we should have should have probably asked. <laughs> should have asked if it was me okay first. first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. It's not very Halloween-y. Um, I could like roll down a hill and get all like muddied and, and bruised, and then it'll be like evil Freddie Mercury. Oh, like, I don't like know. Freddie Mercury. If Fre- if Freddie Mercury rolled down a hill, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed as Freddie Mercury rolling down a hill. I, I mean, you could, there would be no one else dressed as that, so that would be a very yep. unique costume.